What's going on? It's your boy Morgan J, and you're listening to Verbal Shenanigans. Let's go! But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Hello, everybody. Welcome on back to the Verbal Shenanigans podcast. Um, today's a little different. Today's a little different. It's uh, it's just me here. Um, there's no mic on the podcast. Uh, currently, while I'm recording this, mic is probably 10,000, 20,000 feet in the air. I don't, I don't, I don't know what planes fly at. Maybe 50,000, 100,000, 200,000. I don't, I don't really know, but what I can tell you is I can envision the other people on the plane, and Mike is probably talking loudly, probably eating loudly, probably disturbing people. Um, God forbid there's a service dog on the plane, because um, he's going to go and pet it and be obnoxious. Um, so definitely somebody looking for a refund from uh, Spirit Airlines at some point. But yeah, welcome to the show. Um, it's just me. I am also alone in the house. Like... Um, in the studio, if you will, my wife is away for travel and, um, it's just me sitting at a table by myself with my microphone on father's day. I know that sounds, uh, terribly depressing, but, um, you know, it is what it is. She's got to bring, she's got to bring in the bucks and occasionally she's traveling. She's in Tel Aviv at the moment. Um, so yeah, halfway around the world, I think it's about halfway, right? Um, and I am here playing daddy daycare. Uh, the kid is in bed. Um, and I'm just, uh, just trying to, uh, I guess, get an episode out, get some content out. I mean, what would you guys do without hearing from us weekly? Um, so this is it. Um, if you're just tuning in, I am Scott. Usually there's another annoying guy with a very questionable Southern accent, even though he grew, grew up in New Jersey. Um, so I don't quite understand that but we did uh, we did get to see each other um we'll probably get into that in the next episode but we we did some stuff down at weekly world news uh new uh movie studio new production uh house if you will and it was a cool experience but we'll we'll, we'll get into that next time but today is father's day dads it's 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 all about us right it's all about um the dads around went down to the beach this afternoon I uh, met up with some old friends, but of course, um, as I'm going down there, my son uh, decides to puke all over himself, and that is uh, two years in a row, so that is a Father's Day tradition now, um, so I'm hoping when he's 16, 17 years old, he doesn't forget doesn't forget to puke, doesn't, you know, I'm, he's going to be like, Dad, I don't want to, I'm going to be like, boy, it's Father's Day, let's start up chucking, bud, let's start up chucking. Um... Yes, went down, met some friends, went 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 to the sister's house, saw dad, uh, ended up throwing my sister in the pool, um, you know, the, the, the usual things. But I will say being by yourself um, with a with a with a young child um, really puts a lot of things in perspective. Um, there is this there is this feeling of calm. There is this feeling of calm where it's just you. 
and there's also this feeling of like general anxiety like oh my god i am the i am the only parent in charge of this living human um and like it could go bad so easily um but i do notice like as soon as like my wife leaves i go into like shut down uh frat boy mode if it in a way what i mean by that is um the dishes no longer really need to come out um i just graze i don't like make any big exotic dinners i'm just picking like yesterday i had a whole chicken i was just picking at that all day uh you know had a salad put the kid to bed ate the rest of the salad out of the bowl i put the salad in you know never transferred it to the plate so just eating out of a big bowl cleaning up was one dish one tray um so it is interesting uh, the instincts just go out the window. Like the the idea of like family stuff goes out the window. Like that sit down dinner, uh, make something nice for the family. Um, basically, it's just like get him re- get him ready, get him fed, and then it's like yeah, like screw myself. Um, yeah, that morning routine like is kind kind of out the window. Um, so it is it is really interesting, kind of being on your own. Um, and like i i don't necessarily like it um i will say like i don't i don't know i talked last week about like going through maybe a midlife crisis uh doing a lot of crazy yard work my arm exploded from poison ivy uh bought a boat um i don't know if it's a midlife crisis but i do notice that i am i am getting emotional for no reasons and like not at anything in particular like i remember like you know, when my dad retired and as he's getting older, like, you know, the waterworks start just so easily. He'll cry at anything. He'll cry at moments with his grandchildren. It's always like, yeah, dad's getting old. You know, dad's getting emotional. Um, but I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know today, the idea of father's day and like thinking about the grand scheme of things and being a dad, like, it's just not I'm not saying I'm sitting here like weeping going through tissues but like I don't know just feel kind of on on edge emotionally it's pretty it's a pretty strange feeling and I don't really understand what that is maybe that's like this Irish Catholic uh, guilt where you just bear everything that's ever happened to you deep down inside of you and then like when you get moments alone by yourself it it starts to bubble to the surface like maybe that's what it is Uh, maybe it's like I'm running on like no sleep uh, or just maybe I'm a big giant puss I don't know it's it's something that is um, surely um strange and i don't know what it is it's caught me in the car it's caught me um it's caught me by myself it's caught me out in the yard doing yard work maybe that's because i'm like inhaling poisonous uh you know uh ivy growing plants or whatever i had that you know basically put me in the er last week but um arm update arm update the arm is doing pretty good i just kind of still itch all over i just want to uh kind of act like a cat and, and put my body against the wall I just rub up and down or take hot showers, which I explained is is second second only to an orgasm as far as the feeling um, that the body gets. But um, as far as Father's Day, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine. I've had this thought for a couple of years now. Um, 
you know, not, and not to sound too sappy, but like I always wanted to be a dad. Like it was kind of like when I when I was divorced from my ex-wife, I, th- there was a part of me that was like, well, that that is, you know, never going to happen. Um, and, you know, my wife and I have lost babies. And um, so, you know, having my son, I guess, is, is this like is, is this true blessing. And like, you know, you you dive all in into fatherhood you really do like comedy goes uh, on the back burner a little bit yeah i'm doing shows still chasing that dream if you will but all these other projects and things just don't really matter anymore and i posted something on social media today and i kind of wanted to talk about it um i don't know when i when i was growing up even my best friend to this day his dad was an absent father um, I remember a lot of kids I went to school, dad wasn't in the picture, or, or dad worked all the time, was never around. It was just like a mom-run thing. Everybody at the school was always a mom. There was never a dad in, in sight. Um, and you hear comics talk about that, and you hear you know, people do bits on that. And I don't know if it was a generational thing, like where it comes from, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s, where, you know, there wasn't... It wasn't a a a two working parent household. It was more of like one person went off to work, the other one took care of the children, and ninety nine point nine percent of the time it was the men. So maybe that separated the men. But I do remember like deadbeat dads being in the picture, or well, not in the picture really, but uh, being a thing that I heard about a lot growing up. And I remember feeling bad for those kids. Um, I I I do think that somewhere in our generation, so I'm 39 years old, um, uh, somewhere a little bit before us and now after us, um, somewhere along the line, the idea of being a father or the narrative around being a father certainly changed. Um, I look within my inner circle so I'm talking everyone in my family, my cousins, my extended family, uh, my brother, my brother-in-law. Everyone who has a child is so present and a good dad and at every event and taking care of the kids. And um, my my people, the people that I work with, even comics I know, which are, you know, there's a lot of degenerates who are comics out there all fantastic dads and like the dad thing seems to be of most importance it also seems to be like part of the job if you will and and not too many people just abandoning their kids and i don't know where that shift happened but there is definitely a shift where um you know and maybe it is because it takes two parents to work now that the dad has to be involved and maybe that kind of changed the narrative around it but like I couldn't imagine my life without being so involved with my child, but yeah, I don't know whether whatever whatever I technically am a millennial or a Gen X. I don't know what we technically are, and I, every time I look it up, it's like it's, it says different years. But and even people younger than me, they t- completely embrace fatherhood, and I think that's that's a pretty badass thing. Like I, I think somewhere along the way, we have corrected this. Um, and dads are just as involved um, as moms. Not to say like this, you know, what 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 women go through truly is the the most amazing thing. And you know, 
Um, you look at <laughs> the fact that we force women back into work after 12 weeks is just atrocious. But that's that's neither here nor there. We'll let the uh, <laughs> the elections and the polls decide that and see if that um, ever changes and we start to get a more European mentality on, on health care and, um, you know, um, the ability to grow a family and spend time with your children, but you know, America, you gotta work, you gotta work, you gotta, you gotta get in the system, gotta work, gotta make money. But yeah, somewhere, somewhere along the way, the the, the father figure I think has changed in America. Now, am I saying this from a skewed perspective? I don't know. Okay, maybe I'm just lucky enough to be surrounded by good people or 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 good caring fathers who who want this but i you know even on social media like i don't see that many like women i know who are are posting things of just them or dads out of the picture every person i know is either a great dad or seems to be married to a terrific father so Hats off to the dads out there, right? Cheers to the dads that are um, out there crushing it, doing it. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like we have. If there was going to be history books written about a change in society, I feel like us '80s, '90s babies. Um, we really, I really do. I think it, it changed with us, or maybe a little bit before us, but. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just my perspective. Maybe I'm, I'm just truly like right in the midst of, you know, right in the thick of raising a child. But again, hats off to you, dads. Happy Father's Day. Um, you know, if if you're listening to this or a couple of days from now, um, that's 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 my that's my diatribe today on on um, fatherhood. Um, so real quick before we get to. Um, our guest tonight, okay, which is, which is a pretty cool one. Um, last night, I, last night I had a show, and um, I, I got booked on the show. I was happy to get booked on the show because it's, it's a great club that's only about fifteen minutes from the house, maybe even less. Um, and I haven't been there in a while, but I, you know, I've been I've been selective about my comedy as I'm doing the dad thing, you know, and um. I all of a sudden I see the flyer last week and it's like headliner Scott Brennan. I'm like, oh god, I'm headlining, you know. Um, so I've been a little bit rustier, you know, like where my sets have been 15, 20 minutes, not forty, you know, forty minutes, forty five minutes, whatever. Um, sometimes you know people it, it, they want you to do an hour headlining. So there, there was definitely some nerves going into the show. Um. And also the fact that um, I had messaged them on two th- uh, Thursday. The show was on Friday. I was like, how we look? And they're like, uh, not great. Like four tickets sold. Now, this is what pings my anxiety as a performer um, is really tiny crowds. Um, you put me in front of two, three hundred people. I feel as comfortable as ever. I'm fired up. I feel like I could work with the crowd. You put me in front of seven people i am more nervous than than anything and it's just completely different vibe it's a it's a tone that you have to dial down you can't be like gigantically uh theatrical as you're performing in front of six people um so i was a little nervous about that but i get there last night and sure enough there's like you know 44 people which is 
which is fantastic. That that's a great crowd in, in in a small room. You can have some of your best shows with with, with crowds of that size. Um, but I will say, I so I go on the headline, and I there is a problem that I have on stage that I do not know how to fix. Now, yeah, you could tell me it's my material and my jokes and 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 my performance and everything else, but I can't stop sweating. I the minute I grab the microphone, my body goes into some kind of overdrive mode. Like I was always a sweaty like athlete and the minute I do anything I sweat. If I do yard work I sweat, but performing I am sweating. And I know that to the audience this makes people think I am nervous. Okay? And ninety percent of the time, the minute I am on stage, I'm not really that nervous anymore. Yeah. If if I'm bombing, yeah, there's the there's the flop sweats. But this is just like internal Mick Irish white guy um, under the lights uh, sweat and um, I don't know some Viking blood that can't handle the heat and and I, I'm I, I might have to resort to being the guy who has to bring a towel on stage yeah and that is kind of not the image i ever thought i would have like oh hold on guys let me wipe my face and you know um you know excuse me why i why i dab myself um and get prepared for my next joke as the sweaty ruddy irish skin of mine is is just pouring um you know salty sweat all over the audience but you know I mean, I think maybe they looked past that because the set went pretty well. But, God, I do not know how to stop sweating. So if anybody has any uh, anti-sweat tips, uh, please throw them at me. Okay, but, yeah, it was a good show. Go check out uh, the Comedy Dojo, which is in Tiff's and Morris Plains. Um, They run some really, really great comedy shows. Um, Now, let's get to our guest. Let's get to our guest today. So, guest today again. I'm I'm running solo here. Um, there's no mic. Um, it, it's kind of peaceful. I gotta say, just no mic. It's uh, like I feel like I could hear myself. I feel like I'm not worrying about calling him God or or hearing some ridiculous story about him going to Disney World or whatnot. So, you know, this is kind of nice. Maybe we'll just continue without him. Maybe that's just the way this show is going to go. Um, that's not nice, but yeah, it might be true. Um, so this comic, he is, um, it is blowing up. He has, you know, close to a million followers on TikTok. Um, I've seen his clips all over the place. Um, his name is known throughout the comedy industry. So I'm very excited to, to get him on the show. He just released his, his new comedy special. Um, so uh, if you've seen the musical stylings, the the com- I, I guess comedic musical stylings, uh, Mr. Morgan J is joining us on the podcast. So let's get him on the line right now. Yo, check check one two. Morgan J, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for uh, giving me a few minutes here. It's just me today. The other guy's flight got delayed because of the smoke no. crap going on. So, oh, yeah, you know, it's all it's all, it's all me here. It's all me. That's a normal. That's a normal Tuesday in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you guys getting any of that? That won't. Well, because it rained so much this year, uh, it pro- that probably won't happen mm. this year. Yeah, it's super. It's super it, weird it here. So much that 
like all the reservoirs re- like a, it was uh like a a miracle rain <laughs> yeah we got this year yeah it was like it was like yellow today it was really strange it was just like a yeah no, a haze. during the pandemic when we had those crazy fires it was like that like you it, it, it was very bizarre yeah super bizarre but yeah thanks for uh th- thanks for giving us a few minutes here um it's funny i i i found you um you know probably the way a lot of people found you i i saw these these clips and you know, I went down a wormhole one day and was listening to a bunch of them. And before you know it, I found myself like singing responses, <laughs> like to to oh, my really? wife. Like, there's something about yeah. your act that that has, you know, it definitely has an appeal, and it kind of lasts in your head. I'm curious, um, did you start stand up like it, like straight uh, stand up delivery, or have you always been doing the music thing? Yeah, no, I was doing uh, straight stand-up for about six years. Yeah. And then uh, I started incorporating the uh, guitar into it as an experiment, not as like, uh, this is what I'm going to do now. And then uh, one thing kind of built off the other, and, and people really, it spoke to people, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, damn, yeah, I, like where I'm at now. I, a part of me wishes that I, <laughs> when I had started, I just started with the music. I mean, damn, because it was... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know like I mean? I've I've followed a bunch of music acts over the years, and and it, it I feel like it either goes fantastic or it could be really be a painful experience. Like I feel like bombing is one thing, but how how is it developing that act? What what is bombing like when you have song? Is it actually like a does it help I, you or does it? Is I it, have the benefit. I have the benefit of developing a lot of the act in. Um, music shows okay so i was performing at shows that weren't comedy shows so i say that because the benefit is there was no people the expectation was low for for laughs so there was like honestly there were zero expectations to be to to laugh at anything right so um yeah i got to really mess around in that space and i i had the i had longer sets at music shows you know you you know you get like 20 minutes uh, now at this point in my career, uh, I have enough music where if I'm doing a 15 minute set, I can do a, I can pepper in a new song between two songs that I know are good. Sure. Right? Yeah. So, uh, and also I, I've developed a little bit of clout where I can, I have a little bit of leeway and also, you know, I, I can just go up with no material and, and see what happens. Also, I, I, I have the benefit. I sing, I have a unique tone to my voice that's yep. kind of warm and relaxing yes and inviting and and so i think that that also plays a part into it you know because even if a joke doesn't go like well or a line doesn't hit the way i wanted it to at least i am um you know i'm singing nice if that makes sense no it does because i was going to ask you like you know i I played in bands growing up all through college out of college and and, you know i it's funny transitioning to stand up where you're 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 alone, you know, on stage. So you're taking the the successes you're taking by yourself, which is amazing feeling. You know, I did this one, but you know, know, the failures is also all you and you get these long drives home and long. And I kind of miss that, that camaraderie of having music, you know, Hey, this gig sucks, but we're, we're getting through it together. You know, where there's four guys playing instrument. I was wondering if you, 
you know, if, if you're having a rough set, is it, are you able to just be like, oh, yeah, I get to play my, play my guitar, you know, it's something to kind of soften the blow in a way. Yeah, I'll tell you what, there are shows, bar shows or corporate events that are at a gala where people are eating or <laughs> yeah. events where people aren't listening. Right. And I think th- that those are the days when it's kind of a blessing to have the guitar because yes. then I can just sing my songs and if nobody listens then it's like Yeah, I mean, is there I any I'll have the opportunity to enjoy this if you don't want to, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I can count. I I can't even count how many terrible fundraisers or surprise <laughs> Christmas party when the people don't know there's going to be comedy. You try to get people to <laughs> sit down and listen, and all they want to do is, is talk and enjoy it. Like no. surprise comedy just never seems to work. No, no, no. And and when I do get booked for private events, I I try to be like, so what is the vibe? When are you? When are you, I I try to really investigate. When are you going to have me go on stage? And and what's going to be happening at that time? Is somebody going to introduce me? Yeah. And how are they going to introduce me? I know. <laughs> and in the email, I'm like, I know this all seems superfluous to you, but for me, I need to know because if for, for you guys who've never produced a comedy show, you think that we just show up and we're hilarious. Yes. But when you go to a comedy club, people have been drinking. It's the nighttime. People have made an active choice to go see comedy correct when you're at a corporate event or a private event nobody has made the choice to to see a comedy show so uh you know i'm like i'll do it on the condition of somebody is going to introduce me quiet everybody down and sit everybody down in a place and say this is going to be this is what's happening for the next 30 minutes right um you know i've said no to events because i'm like listen i know in your mind this is how you think it's going to go but i know how it's going to go Right, like I said, no to weddings, and yeah. and the thing is, when you do those events, if it doesn't go well and it's and it does and everything, nobody likes it, it's your fault, right? It's right. not because they served the buffet when you went on, right? It's right. not because there's like children, grandparents, like it, it, there's all. So that's why I'm like very clear uh, with communication about it, you know. Yeah, I, I think we got off topic, but as far as no, like, no. with those bad sets, you know, having the guitar is is good. But at this point in my career, I'm, I'm usually pretty clear as far as like if I do get booked on a gig, you yeah. know, I, I try to uh, do damage control prior to or or manage expectations prior to. Yeah, I I always say comedy is honestly one of the easiest things to set up but so many people just blow it like they just yeah. put put it in corners of bars with tvs on or tables yeah. far away or or the venue's wrong you're doing like a the like the, the there's just so many things and and then people who host it sometimes it's like not you know yeah <laughs> i literally i literally like yeah i just be i just be trying to set expectations that's all i don't know yeah, it becomes clear. You know, I used to run shows, and I remember I would ask bigger acts to do the shows, mm-hmm. and they would say no or like I can't do it, or and it makes sense. You know, when you get to like, look, I'm not by any means like a huge comedian, but you know, I'm touring, I'm traveling. If I do a show in Los Angeles, I don't promote as heavy anymore. Yep. Uh, if you know, and I and I try to be clear with the, the the person who booked me. I said, look, it's not that I'm trying to big time you. It's that like I have people who might drive an hour, two hours to see me, and if I promote a show that I'm only doing a 15 minute set, that I don't feel like that's fair to them. You know? Yeah. And especially if I'm not going to get paid or for the draw of bringing people to a show. You know what I'm saying? It, it's funny you say that because like I, you know, I had a, a son in the last two years, and 
Oh, congrats. I've really, no, thank you. Um, but I've really had to, you know, be a lot more selective in, in what gigs I take. Cause it, you know, it makes sense. You know, my, I got to watch the kids. So yeah. I, it's, it's hard to go, you know, tell my wife, uh, I'm going to do the $10, you know, bar show, you know, for no reason. Like, so, but, yeah. th- but I have learned through that, like the power of saying no to gigs actually makes, I just think it makes me, a. Uh, it feel it makes me feel like a better comic because it's more selective, choosing gigs yeah, where I'm and getting and more valuable value. stage time. You know, absolutely, and adds value to to your time, to your comedy, to your worth. Uh, you know, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Sure. So take us like, were you were you always a musician growing up? Were you, or was it you just diddled around with the guitar? Or was music ever um, like in the plans for you? Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, I was playing piano for 10 years. Okay. Um, but I just couldn't, you know, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 came out, and I just didn't want to practice piano. <laughs> you know I mean? It was 2 that got you? Yeah, well, uh, truly, it was. I had a piano teacher who basically walked out on me during a lesson because he was like, you didn't practice. And I was like, I, I didn't. I was playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 all week. <laughs> trying, and, to, um, trying to play Goldfinger was, Superman over and over again? Yeah, and that was, <laughs> that was that was basically like the last straw for that. I had a one. I had one of those teachers where the money wasn't important. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like there was like he saw potential in people, <laughs> and he was just sort of like, "I will do this at like a discounted rate." Da, 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 da. You have the, and I just didn't. You know, I wish I stayed with it. I'm going to be full disclosure. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, but it was just too. It was just too much. It was a lot. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. A, I think that's 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 just part of life, right? Just being like, I wish I stuck with that. I wish I stuck with this. But yeah, uh, there's little things, yeah, for sure. But like, um, you know, I, I I see. I've been. I'm almost through your special, which we'll get to, to in a second. I'm about yeah. about three quarters of the way through. It's great, and and we'll get oh, to that in a second. Um, I I feel like your your act and your your presence on comedy and your ability to make these clips and the combination of social media has to be almost a perfect fit for you because it's very cool to see a, a, a singing crowd work clip because it stands out. It's not just a, wow. it's not just some guy saying how long you've been married, you know, like um, or. or it, you're able to chop pieces of songs, or people are like, "Hey, I want maybe he'll play that lot." Like, I feel like it's almost a perfect tool for for you. Yeah. Did and I see you almost have a million followers on TikTok. Um, close, you We're know, hundred fifty something on on Instagram. So, like, did that really? Is that really what kind of launched you into in into kind of where the attention you're getting now? And and, and yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, the pandemic for me was a time of pivoting. When nobody would do shows, uh, I was doing the Zoom shows. I I repurposed all the footage that I had from old shows and started posting it on TikTok, and that kind of led to a bump. And luckily, I got in early on kind of this little gold rush, you know what I mean? Um, But, you know, and, 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 and I've learned that skill of how to post and consistency. I mean, look. I've posted almost, you know, 800 things on TikTok, right? right? Like if you look through, right? So is it is it that I'm amazing or is it that I've just been posting a lot and I've, and I've been at bat a lot and because I've been Law batting so much that I've had right. a couple of clips that went viral, right? So like what is it, right? And so I, I think it's just a matter of me 
like are my clips amazing no i, I think they're they're quality i do think some of them are are, are dog shit but i also think <laughs> it's one of those things where you just kind of have to keep posting you know what i mean right i mean uh, a great baseball player you know fail seven out of ten times right right right. Point, right so so like uh because I have friends who are like, hey, I posted 10 clips and none of them went viral. And it's like, well, I posted almost a 1,000 and only two went viral. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that it's just one of those things where it's consistency. You kind of have to distance yourself from outcome with these algorithms because, you know, these companies, they change the algorithms every day. Um, they, they change, you know, on any given day, they really can just choose to suppress a post because they want you to pay for advertising. Right. So that's like a real, th- that's a real thing. Oh, too. I know. Yeah. And so, you know, I do know there's like certain fundamentals to posting on social media that can help every comedian. Audio is number one, you know, audio is more important than video, right? So people will watch anything with, people could watch anything with bad video, but if it has bad audio, they, they don't want to listen to it. Right. Um, uh, so that like you could shoot it on an iPhone and as long as the, the, if you can get like a copy of the, the, the audio from the, the soundboard, that's like that plus maybe some audio of the crowd, you're golden. If you can, if you can get all your clips with clean audio, like that's going to be huge. You it, know, it, uh, it's yeah. funny you say that. Like I remember in the early days of this podcast, like we, we've been doing this nine years and it, you know, like just posting links and, and tweeting things and, and getting into Facebook groups, like the numbers were, were amazing. Like it was just like things yeah. were getting clicked on and it was like organic. Like you would post something, every one of your actual friends would see it. And now it's just like every year it's like figuring out how to get out of that like squash territory without paying for, for and it's, re- it's really yeah. interesting like to try to figure out what is best, what is worth throwing some money into, what it, what is not like it. I would love to know. <laughs> like, it just seems like it's. You're right. It is always changing too. Yeah, I mean, look for 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 example, for the comedy special, you know, if you want to know what the social media strategy for that is, like, while the editor was editing the full special, I had my intern editing, uh, formatting it for social media. Right, clips about a, about eighty clips for mm-hmm. social media, which I'm going to be posting over the next several months. Yep. And, um, you know, posting that with consistency. I forgot there was one thing. Oh, so this first month where I'm posting clips every day, we're going to we're going to see what clips perform the best organically. Right. And then among those, then we'll decide which one we're going to actually throw. So like I have one that's hit it's going to hit a million probably. Mm-hmm. And that's the video and I haven't had to pay anything, but with that that's the video that I'll probably put $1000 behind. Okay. You know, on TikTok, right? Because that's the one people are going to watch, right. you know. If they want to watch it already without me having to pay, Imagine if I can get it out to other people who've never right. Even if seen it's, it, if it's hitting already, like it's got an organic audience, you, know, you just multiply yeah, exactly. it like a multiplier. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah. So that's the strategy for that. Does um, does that get um, exhausting? Because we are we are admittedly not the greatest self promoters, and I think it hurts us sometimes, honestly. But you know, we try. Does that almost become? like the full-time job in a way like the performing's like yeah I, I got this part of this down like i you know i'm a performer i've been i've been working yeah. this craft forever that's almost like a another craft and i know it can become a full-time job just just the online presence yeah you definitely do know have to know a little bit about marketing how to market um i'll say 
I have help with it now. Yeah, you know, of course. In the yeah. first year, I didn't, and it was a lot of it was a lot of work. Um, but you know, for me, the end goal is to sell tickets to shows, right? Right. So if we look at these apps as a way to uh, promote yourself, the money that I spend on an editor or promoting a a thing is is worth it. Yeah, it come know? it come back in ticket uh, sales. Yeah. It comes back in ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Or going live every day for fifteen to twenty minutes. You know, I'll sell several tickets going live every day. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, you just have to learn how to balance it. I mean, luckily, I'm backlogged with the special for the for the next two or three months, right? right? But so so, and then I have a fall tour, and I, I literally just got a, a phone call. I got off a phone call with my reps, my agents, and my manager, and I was just like, "Hey, I'm not going to do any headlining gigs until I start going on tour, right. because I just kind of got to hit the lab and just like." Take a uh, take a take a step back from like constantly just putting out crowd work stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I have to go to I have to like go to shows here in LA and and like try some new shit. That was going to be one of my questions you know I mean? uh, as we got to the special. Like, we'll we'll come back to that point, but let, let let's get into the special. Let's get into the sure, special yeah, here. Yeah. So the special just came out. What on the thirty first? I First, believe? yeah, yeah, Wednesday last a week ago. Yeah. Um. So I would tell anybody listening. Um, it, it, there's a little something there for, for everyone. It, it, yep. it it's very um, you know, I'm not I'm not blowing smoke up his ass. He's a, it's just he's a very likable guy. It's shot very cool. It's uh very different. You got people sitting on the floor. You got you know, it, it you feel like you're kind of in the room that you shot it in, and I'm, we'll get into that. Um, but it it, it it's really well done. So it, it just came out uh, on the thirty first. So so tell us. Was this all self-produced? Like, where did the idea come from? You're, you're kind of like, it, it feels like you're in a living room almost. Yeah. So I'm actually pulling up the analytics right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, I had done the Fringe Festival and I performed my special. I performed the hour pretty, you know, every day, mm-hmm. once a day. Right. And uh, it just sort of like. I was kind of. I had to just put something out. I hadn't put something out in three years, and the first special did so well. And I was like, I was lucky enough to book a couple of jobs that paid me really well. And I was like, I'm going to fund this myself. Right. You know. Um. the The vision, though, was I wanted to do an intimate show, not because I didn't think I could fill a bigger room. I mean, you know, I know what the t- I was probably averaging, you know, two to three hundred tickets and on all like on Wednesdays and Sundays. You know what I mean? Right. So like. I could have done a club, you know, I could have done something like that, you know, but I just felt like a lot of comedy specials, they lack a certain personal energy yes. that yep. when you watch a special with where there's an audience of 2,000, 3,000 people, you lose it. I don't, I, yeah, I just sort of feel like I'm watching something that happened, right? To, to me, when it gets to a certain size or, or whatever you want to call it, it, it kind of feels like a halftime show rather than a comedy show. If, if that makes yeah. sense. It, it's, it's a spectacle more than, Hey, I'm in the club with this guy. Right. So, um, that's why I was sort of like, you know, let me, let me make something intimate. Let me, let me do shots where I look into the crowd. Let me, and, and also do it in a recording studio. Yes, so that, that, that was people, the other part I wanted to mention. Yep. Yeah, because it is so musical that I wanted, I wanted it to have a like a. I just wanted it to feel different and have the audio sound exceptional and, um, 
have that sort of like history behind the space that we were in. I don't know if you, if you in the special, like that room was really built for Fleetwood Mac, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that whole space feels very like iconic, you know, when you when you walk through it. There's um immediately when I watched the special, I don't know if you've ever been, but in New Orleans, there's a place called Preservation Jazz Hall. Yeah. And it's um it was a jazz hall they built in like 1900 and essentially every night they have jazz and they haven't changed a single thing and they just fill the room they do maybe like two shows a night they fill the, it's probably the same size as the studio did it you got people sitting on the floor around the band um yeah. and it was probably my favorite experience in New Orleans and it kind of reminded me of that that exact yeah. vibe yeah, and, and I definitely have had people give me feedback like, hey, it did feel like we were in the room, you know, and and because, uh, you know, most people are going to be watching on their phone anyway or their mobile device or right. in their bed before in their bed right before they go to sleep. So I wanted it to to have that energy where you could watch it and feel like you're in the room with us. So how much prep went in, like went into like preparing and, and, and getting getting the camera set up and and the other question i had like were you able to do multiple takes because the audience is so visible in in the in the room i was wondering like how you went about okay you know a lot of people do two four takes of of the show and and edit them together we uh we found the space in october of last year and then i settled down with a company about a month after that and then there was about a month of prep as far as the production going the director and the DP and the other uh, two other producers, they, they walked through the space several times. And then we actually had the space for from 12 PM to 2 AM. So we had a couple hours to set up and then we shot two shows. We shot some B roll footage and things like that. And, um, and that, that was that, you know, we had two takes to do it. Uh, the first take went perfect, basically end to end. There were no mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got a little too buzzed for the second show, so we only were able to use like <laughs> ten or fifteen percent of the second show. But that's okay. I mean, uh, that's okay. So, because the first special, I only did it. I only did it once. Okay. Um, which is so, which is so wild because this special, like the other first special, I, I hit at a time when nobody knew who I was, right? So like there was a certain level of virality with it. They just had seen me. Yep. So now I'm trying to do that again, but on a bigger scale and it is tough. You Did, know? What's the, uh, what's your, what's your head like on the day of, uh, of, uh, filming this? I know a lot of people, but well, people talk about being nervous, talk about trying to go through their normal routine, not changing a thing. What are you like going into it? I honestly felt very confident because I had really ran this hour a lot, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I knew the songs were good. And if anything, it was just going to be kind of like a content machine. Right. Like I'm looking at my numbers now. Right now, it's at like 37,300 views, which, you know, is okay. It's not, you know, I would have loved, I would have loved to do numbers like Stavros or Mateo Lane or yep. those people, obviously. Um, but my, also my YouTube channel is small. You know, I only have 45,000 subscribers. Uh but as far as the day of, I was okay. You know, that's why I, I, this was the first, I wanted, the last special I, I like was in complete control. And this one, I kind of relinquished a lot of control to the, right. the, the production team. They set up the cameras. I did a sound check. I chilled out. And then I just did my show twice, you know? 
and then I didn't, now, have to break, I didn't have to set up or break down, which was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. when um, I, I noticed leading up to the special or when the special was coming out, you had talked about you were trying to shop into different places and you ended up yeah. um, deciding to put it out yourself. Like, uh, w- was that experience a, a pretty terrible one or was there a point where you're just like, screw this, no, I'm just, that, I'm just that, doing this that, myself? That, that seems to be that, where it's going right now, too, at the moment. Yeah. That was very uh, straightforward. I mean, that was... So that, you, you know, there's a post where all these, I have all these emails. Yes. If I'm being completely honest. The emails are all fake, but the feedback is all real. Okay. So, so, cause obviously I don't have a direct line to these people. I have a manager though. Mm-hmm. And uh, my manager reached out to everybody and then he emailed me back with basically everybody said no, but this was all the feedback they gave, you know, and I just sort of repurposed that into like a story. Um, so, you know what I mean? To like get people to talk about it. I think, you know. I think that is going to be the model going forward. Yep. I think for these for these streaming networks, for them, it's kind of like they don't have anything to lose. You know, if something performs well on YouTube, then they can just be like, "Okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna buy that now, and we'll license it and put it on our platform." It's true. Yeah, and that it's probably you know, even so easier for them. Let no production. Yeah. There's no production. For just them, write yeah. a paycheck. Yeah. I mean, I know comedians with more comedy clout and gravitas than I do that are getting those. Right. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. put money into productions that Netflix or whoever will say no to. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the the, the special is great, so please go um, check that out. And I guess they could basically just Google Morgan J, and, it, you know, it comes up immediately. Um, it's on YouTube now. Um, I did want to ask you, you, you kind of touched on it before. Now that the special's hour, uh, the special's out, um, and that material, you know, most people say they, they kind of burn the material and go through it. And you kind of you kind of mentioned it that you need to take a step back, get back in the lab. Is that like a freeing feeling for you or is that kind of nerve wracking at the same time? Yeah, it's actually pretty freeing. You know, the first special that I put out, I was always really terrified to put it out because I was like, oh, no, I'm never going to write music as good as this. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I did, um, I was I don't know, it freed me up to, to do more stuff. And I think with this being out now, you know, same thing. You know, I'm gonna, I already have a bunch of stuff kind of ready to go, but I, I kind of want to do some more material. You know what I mean? Now, now um, with the musical act, do you find that you could also like, you know, pull out the greatest hits, if you will, like at, at a show? Like, can you? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's one of the kind of that's that's really the big leg up I have on a traditional stand up. Right. Is that people come to my shows wanting to sing the hooks? the lyrics wanting to sing along yep. they're excited i already have people dming me now like cannot wait for the lol ja 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 yeah <laughs> the show. that's gonna be tough because i don't i'm not really gonna be able to bring a piano player on the road with me so i'm gonna kind of have to figure out how to do that on my own <laughs> you yeah. know yeah because like the two people i could ever remember like where you know they were able to repeat jokes I, I think of andrew dice clay people go for you know reciting the lines of the poems and then dickory, i think of dickory doc and then i think right. of like Bert kreischer he's got to tell the the machine story every time he goes up but like other than That's that even I, more interesting you know it's funny i have not seen the machine story no really or like or like the hot remember the hot pocket jim gaffigan's hot pocket absolutely joke, loves the hot pocket joke. or like tater salad you know like from yeah, a, I, have, like, I have to just go i just have to go watch the machine thing yeah, I mean, it's crazy now to see him 
<laughs> just from that telling that, that story, the movie came out last weekend. Like it's just unbelievable. Mark Hamill is his dad, you know. Like what? It's just crazy yeah. where something like that can go these days. So, um, but yeah. Morgan, congrats on the special, man. It, it's really cool. I, I like that you did it. It seems like you did it completely in your style, and you put out something unique, yeah. which is. You know, look, it's hard, but it's also um, pretty rewarding when it's it, it seems to be exactly what you wanted or what you explained. And yeah. um, I, I think people should go check it out. Um, if people want to follow you, check you out or see the special, where's the best places for them to go? Uh, just go to MorganJ.com. The special is right at the top of the, the, spe- the page. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a fall tour. Uh, so it's there. Uh, you could also Google me. The, it should pop up. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically that's all you got to do. That's it, man. We, you know, that's how you know you made it. Just Google me. Google me. <laughs> that's it. Will it. Pop up. Uh, you won't yeah. be disappointed. Please check out Morgan Special. Go follow him on TikTok, Instagram. Um, there's a lot of great content for everyone. Morgan, thank you, man. Stay safe out there, and uh, hopefully, maybe we can connect when you're on the East Coast. That sounds good. But yeah, I'm thinking about. Uh, t- uh, well, I'm going to be there in September. I'm going to be headlining the Sony Hall. It's going to be my first theater. Very cool. Yeah, that's a beautiful theater, too. So I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited, and we'll see what we do. That's awesome, man. Yeah, um, yeah so hopefully we can maybe we can connect or I'll come out to your show or whatnot. So thanks so much, man, and uh, yeah. take care. Appreciate you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Morgan J., everybody. Morgan J., go check out his special right now. You can go get it on YouTube. Um, that guy is... Pretty much destined to be destined to be one of the big ones. I, I see it on the horizon, so I want to thank Morgan for coming on here. Now, um, Berlu, my co-host, Mike, would not. He did not want to accept that he would not be on the episode. He said his fans would. Um, they would miss him, um, and that the, the I think he called them the Berlunatics. Um, so obviously we're clearly missing the driving force here on the podcast. But uh, so he said, you know, he's been working on our IMDB, which um, I don't know how we got a podcast on there, but it does have all our guests and it, it is pretty cool to see every single one. And I guess in order to credit himself on the episode, he has to be involved. So he did send me a couple of questions. I have not listened to them. Let's see what his questions are. Did you ever have a friend's pet come up to you and think to yourself, that's an ugly thing? Did I ever have a friend's pet come up to me and think that's an ugly thing? Um, Yes. Um, I had a family friend, uh, my mom, best friend. uh, We grew up, we called her Aunt Sharon. We called him Uncle Joe. And um, I remember they had this dog, Snowball. Now, Snowball was this little white tiny foo-foo-y looking dog like one of those ones who always had like the eyes runny eyes with like the black gook <laughs> in, in in the eyes and the dog would just pee all over the place it was never trained it would hump everything um so yeah i remember just being like get snowball out of here no interest um whatsoever um also i i remember a kid in in um elementary school had a ferret and i am not really about ferrets they're too rodent-y um they're kind of gross um 
just just not for me if you have a ferret you probably um were 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 part of an abusive relationship at some point i just feel like ferret is you're just giving up um so yeah so yeah i definitely had a um a, a friend with an ugly pet so let's hear what's next what monster movie would you love to turn into a family comedy now, I couldn't hear if he said what mobster movie or what monster movie would I like to change into a family comedy. So I have to think, I, I would think he's going to say a mobster movie. Um, and I, I, the first thing that comes to mind is just a Bronx tale. Um, you know, maybe turn it into where like the blacks and the Italians are rivals and maybe they start singing songs like, you know, and, and just using like slurs, but they're like bleeped out as, as the two, two rival gangs sing toward one, each other, one another. And I could see like it becoming kind of a, a musical. Clodero, Clodero. I also met that guy, um, kind of a dirtbag. Like, yeah, he was arrested for like being part of a murder that he said he had no part in and kind of got off on. I think he spent a little time in prison. Um, but when I hung out with him, um, I did comedy with him. He actually was the quote unquote headliner, which he just went up and told stories about like, I don't know, being in the Bronx tale and, and doing drugs. Uh, and he said he was sober, but that dude definitely gave off like murdery vibes. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a room with someone that gives off murdery vibes, but this guy definitely like, like yeah, he kind of could have committed a murder or two because he was pretty much a dirtbag as much as, um, you know, we we had him on the show too. So, but yeah, Colodero from from Bronx Tale, a little bit murdery, a little bit murdery. Let's see what else we got. Okay. Would you rather be punched in the balls or maced in the eyes? Would I rather be punched in the balls or maced in the eye? It's an interesting question, right? It's an interesting question um, because I've never been maced before, um, but I have cut onions, okay? And I hate that feeling. I hate anything with my eyes. Like, I get freaked out about people having eye surgery, LASIK surgery, all anything with the eyes really, really gets me going. But then, like, punching the balls, like... We know how awful that is. We have all been hitting the balls 3,000 times. If you had a brother, your brother ransacked your balls growing up, unless you were the older brother and you probably ransacked your younger brother's balls. But um, I've been hitting the ball so many times. But So this is like the question of like the unknown versus the known, right? Like something you know forever. So in this case, I'm actually going to go with the known. Like... I know how bad getting hit in the ball is going to hurt. Like my son every once in a while does a Ginsu ninja kick to my balls or hits me with a monster truck in the nuts. Um, and it's terrible. Don't get me wrong. But I don't want that unknown feeling of the mace. And if I'm like, if I have to know it's coming, I just don't know how good I would be at like bracing myself for it. I don't like the idea that I know it lasts a really long time. I knew a couple guys in like the military who had to get maced as part of their like test, which I think is really stupid. Um, but um, yeah, I'm going to go with getting punched in the balls surprisingly. Okay. All right. What else we got? If you had to forge for your own food, what animal would you hunt and why? If I had to forage for my own food, what animal would I hunt and why? 
Well, I don't think I have any chance at deer. They're too quick. Um, I have no hunting experience. Uh, bears, as much as I love them, um, I don't think I could take them down. But I do think I could take a stupid Canadian goose down. I mean, I've walked past them where they start hissing and they get all cocky. They start kind of getting them like, <laughs> or whatever sound they make. Um, but I really think if that goose comes near me and I give it a good forearm shiver and then get around its neck like an MMA fighter, I could easily take out a goose. Now, I don't know how good the meat is. Um, but I think that would be an animal like a Canadian goose is, is rather large. It's like a couple chicken breasts, you know, a couple, a couple whole chickens. I think I could take out a goose and they, they just, there's so many of them and so plentiful. I would not feel bad about taking them out. Um, they also just, you know, they just destroy everything with their, you know, their crap and whatnot. So I think, um, I would take down a Canadian goose. Um, I would definitely eat them down eat them down i don't even think that's an expression but okay last question oh he said the audio didn't work on this one i'm getting on a plane but he said he said what's the worst five guests you can invent you can invite to a verbal shenanigans orgy well funny enough that's going to be our next live episode guys so please tune in for that uh, i would be the worst guy ever at an orgy i'm awkward with my wife alone um so inviting five people like i can i can go through all of them i can think of like inviting psycho sid and al snow and all these wrestlers we've interviewed that sounds terrible um i could think of inviting old musicians that we've had like the guys from creedence clearwater would not be not be a great partner in an orgy but first thing that comes to mind like five people the first thing i'm thinking of is we interviewed a group called the legion of honor not too long ago and they were like five dudes or four dudes that fought in full knight armor um and i just imagine like that's a lot of armor to take off a lot of clothing to take off uh, a lot of banging around maybe some dangerous uh weapons on the floor um and i don't want like to invite the whole team they have a team mentality going on so five guys already know each other they probably know each other's moves i'm the odd guy out so yeah i'm gonna go with the the, the legion of honor which is a they do uh uh, medieval combat, I think, is what they 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 coin it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I, I don't want those guys anywhere near my bedroom or or working together. That sounds absolutely um, horrendous. So, well, thank you, Mike, for for contributing uh, for once. Um, I like this way of you contributing. I think it would be better off if you just send me a couple questions a week, and then we no longer really have to talk anymore. Um, so that, that would be great. So guys, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, first off, happy father's day to everyone out there listening, or if it's a couple of days off of father's day, uh, I see you out there. I know, um, kind of what it, what it takes without being a, you know, a big mush ball here, even though, you know, the way I'm going, I might, I might cry by the end of this. Um, uh, but yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Happy father's day to all the listeners out there. Um, all the moms pulling uh, single mom duty and, and just like uncles who stepped in or uh, father figures. I, I, I see you and I, I love you for it. Um, I want to quickly promote, I will quickly promote the uh, TIFFs in Morris Plains or the Dojo Comedy, which is the 
the dojo of comedy which is the comedy room up top which is the one i played they got good shows going on every week they get like mark norman and voss and all these big heavy hitters that are coming through there it's a great room uh mike over there is just he just cares about comedy he wants to grow comedy so please go check him out um we got some things cooking here in verbal shenanigans we got a bunch of guests coming up i want to thank morgan J for coming on um and uh yeah well that's about it guys uh tune in next week mike will be back unfortunately i know i know i know you liked this better than the other format but it is what it is he's contractually obligated to to uh be here so uh, guys life is funny laugh at it keep the wind at your back bye-bye Listening to verbal shenanigans.